boom, boom. You're checking out the Barber Life Podcast, hosted by Jake Cuts Fresh. That's me. Any questions, comments, concerns, you can hit me at jakecutsfresh at gmail.com. You could also follow me on social at jake underscore cuts underscore fresh, mostly Instagram and Twitter. That's where I'm at. So hope you enjoy this episode. I got my dude from Philly. Uh, I've been connecting with Philly Barbers for the last year and a half, and it's just uh, dope to finally really have these guys uh, come into my world a little bit. So check it out. All right, cool. Yeah, so on the line, I got my man AJ from Philly doing like a little Philly connection thing here. Um, just wanted to have this man on the on the cast because he's a thoroughbred cat like myself. He doesn't sleep much like myself, and uh, he cuts nasty. I'm trying to get as good as you, man. What's going on? So tell the world, tell the world who you are. What's going on out there? For everybody listening to this incredible podcast with my man Jake, this is AJ from the Stadium Barbershop located here in Philadelphia, uptown, considered Mount Airy. You know, uh, the address is 7701 Temple Road, Temple and Upsal. And um, listen, man, it's about Barber's life. Be here to talk about the owner's manual. Yeah, that's right. How long have you, how long have you owned that shop? Well, you know, my baby, she's been going, she's going on two years old come the first week of September. You know, the theme is the stadium, and I really, you know, I'm a, as you see, I'm a football nut. I enjoy football. I've been playing football, involved with football all my life, and I wanted to do something different. So the stadium is a recreation of a stadium. It's got the artwork behind it. As you see, we had the crowd, which uh, me and my brother put together, and, uh, we actually have turf on the floor. So for everybody that, yeah, it's dope, man. And for everybody that comes in the shop, you know, we talk so much sports, you know. The barbershop is filled with, you know, so many issues of politics, sports, you know, drama, you mm-hmm. know, but we really base our shop on sports because that's all we talk about all day is sports. Man. Yeah. It's very rare that you see one of the customers or clients. Like, you can just stop in and we don't even know you. And you'll, you know, engage in sports. You know, we have some clients that even come through here that's not even getting their hair cut, but they just want to sit and talk sports and see what kind of views we got and to chop it up, bust on each other. So, you know, it's just, it's a brotherhood. It's definitely a brotherhood. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's incredible. I mean, I think I learned more about sports from cutting hair than actually watching sports, you know. I think, you know, being where I, like, where I really learned everything was in more it was a black owned barbershop and it was some cats that were a little like they were older. You know what I mean? They're ten years older than me, so I'm thirty nine now. But back then like when I was like twenty five, they were thirty five. They had seen all the playoffs and uh, NFL and NBA playoffs and knew all these things and I just picked a lot of stuff up from that. Like I mean I, I followed the Celtics, you know, and I and I, I believe it or not, I was a big Knicks fan and a Sixers fan back in the day because Charles Barkley and um you know, John Starks, I thought was incredible. So, you know, I had picked some stuff up, but just just working on the shop, man, I learned tons of stuff. So, so you got that shop. So you said it's been about two years. Two years now, you had that shop. Yeah, it'll be officially two years. Uh, the beginning of September, the first week of September. Yeah, that's like, nice. We tried to, um, yeah, my bad, man. We tried to open up the shop the same week as the NFL. Uh, the NFL <laughs> oh man. That's good. Now, yeah, man. And you also, I don't know what you call. It. What do you do a, a a football talk show? 
Like what? Like well, what we do is our talk show. The show that I had with my man uh, Malik. He once was the owner of a magazine. It was called Blitz. Blitz magazine. And what we did was his idea for it was taking football and GQ and putting it all in one magazine. You know, with football players, they always have helmets on. It's not like basketball. This magazine actually gives you a chance to engage with the player. We actually are the voice of the player instead of being on, you know, the show talking like Stephen A. Smith or someone that's just bashing a player. And you really didn't give a player the voice. Well, that's what gave us an upside in the magazine when we first created it. It uh, We, you know, interviewed the players and let them just go all out, you know, give them a little bit about yourself. Like I said, basketball, you know, LeBron, you know, you see everybody, but a lot of people, if you take a regular football player, Ezekiel Elliott from the Cowboys or something like that, and have him walking down the street, they wouldn't notice him because he's always wearing a helmet. Uh, you know, they okay. might notice him because okay. he's always in trouble, you know, either either or. Right. But uh, we were just a voice for a lot of football players. So when that branched off and, you know, paperback went dead, we canceled the magazine and uh, we created the show and it's been working out real well. Yeah, so how can somebody find that show? Is it a podcast that they can find, or is it a live show, or how does it work? Oh, yeah, we definitely go live. Uh, I have another partner of mine. He has his own radio station called the Glockware Radio, and he's streaming live. You can go on um, Glockware.com. In, in Glockware, he has actually a store and a radio show where you can uh, get embroidered T-shirts. You can uh, they have clothes. They it's, it's a one-stop shop, man. It's incredible. You know, and um, it's a radio station. He has had the number one uh, music podcast, internet radio, for about a good two and a half years now. He's been running with the top. So we stream live from there. We go live. We get ready to change some of the format where we actually have callers, you know, that can call in, you know, besides the regular guests that we have. Oh, okay. One of these yeah. days, I'm going to pull you on there. We just going to bug out, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that would be, uh, I'm hoping the Patriots be in good position when you have me on there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, listen, that would be a hell of a show here. Oh, uh, man. Boston, hell of a show. If, if I were to do that, I'd have to bring one of my barbers with me, man, because he, I was telling him, like, he should, he should just record his chair all day through football season, because that in itself is just a hilarious podcast, his, his, his take on, on sports and, and the Patriots, you know. He's a typical um, Boston guy where Tom Brady literally is Jesus Christ. It can do no, it can do no wrong, and uh, cannot even talk about an L. Like after, like so, you know, they'll play on Sunday afternoon, and he on Tuesday morning he still don't want to talk about it. You know, he just can't. Yeah, he he just, but that's the Patriots, though. He shouldn't be too. He shouldn't be too unhappy. No, you know, you know exactly. But if we're so spoiled, like especially. Guy, like, not really his age. He's, like, old enough to remember when everybody sucked. But, I mean, uh, right, right. like, when I was little, like, when I first started watching football was, uh, um, what was it, 86? When um, the Bears and the Patriots, you know what I mean? That was, I was, right. like, six or seven years old, and, and, and they took a, a really bad beat in the Super Bowl. And then I started, um, you know, I kind of, like, watched here or there, but I didn't really keep up with football. I really started following football, honestly, when I got into barber school, because that's all anybody talked about, you know. I always, like... Exactly. You know, I always liked the NBA, and I always kept tabs on it. But NFL was kind of like, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Patriots, because that's my home team. But I don't know. I don't really care. But then 2001, so I was in barber school in 2000, 2001, and then they just took off. The Patriots took off. And it was like, 
Yeah, yeah, I mean, of course I like football, you know. And then, you know, I was definitely kind right. of a, a bandwagoner at the time. I mean, I couldn't name four people on the team when they were in that Super Bowl, you know. And then, yeah, but that's so, so that, so that's your, that's your, that's your heart, man. So, so football is is your passion. Cutting hair is is clearly a passion. Um, okay. How long, how long have you been cutting hair for? Like, well, I guess just period. Well, I've been cutting hair in the shop for 26 years, but totally, you know, overall, when I first picked up a pair of clippers, it's been going on 30 years now, nice. and I'm 44, so when I picked okay. them up, I was sort of young, you know, a friend of mine, we had graduated from high school, and we were going to the night break, we all went our separate ways, so he just called me up one day, like, yo, I cut hair, and I'm like, what you mean you cut hair, and, you know, <laughs> just like anybody else who started hair, they started cutting hair, you know, somebody left a pair of clippers around or you had a pair of clippers and you just went up on somebody's head. So when you <laughs> cut my hair, I fell and I fell in love with it. And then not to mention, right across the street from my mother's house, my mother and father's house, was a barbershop to where I used to go over there and clean up. You know, uh-huh. I used to wake up maybe about five in the morning, watch Courageous Cat, Minute Mouse. I knew I knew what time they were opening the shop. I would go in there, sweep the hair, and then it became a little hustle because after a while, some of the guys didn't know I was getting the haircut. So when they would see the kids sitting there and the barber would tell them, how many heads do you have? You know, I would actually use myself as a body. So it would kind of, you know, how much can I pay? How much can I, you know, pay for your spot, little man? And, you know, my barber would say, always $3, always $3. <laughs> very slick <laughs> and yeah, yeah I was selling my spots and I was sweeping up and going through the store so by the time 12 o'clock came I had about a good 12 13 hours in my pocket yeah so was the so the owner of the shop was cool with that he was like yeah yeah he's like do it up oh yeah yeah you know what the barber shop that we went to it was a it was busy it was always busy and I would just sit around sometimes but the thing about it was you know, with barbering, you always have your tricks and your traits of knowing how to maneuver the crowd, especially being an owner, you know, yeah. and um, some of the people that would be in there, he knew that I had a passion for a hustle, so we wouldn't get everybody, but it was certain guys, you know, yeah. you, know you know, I had this thing called a PC, and What's it's that? a problem customer, okay. you know, you cut his hair, but you really, it's like, uh, he gets on my nerves and stuff, so yeah. those are the ones that we mainly hustle, sometimes you just didn't want to cut his hair and you make it difficult for him, make a couple of hours off it, yeah. and this is <laughs> some of the things that I, I learned in the old school shop, you know, yeah. shops where they still had the ashtray attached to your barber chair. Right, right. Yeah, see, I, see that's an error that I missed, right, because I came in to barbering, the guys that I, that, the the dude that taught me everything is, is his name's Greg Howell. He's great. Look him up. He's a great comedian and great barber. And he comes from that same era as you. All right. So he's he's a lot he's a little older than you, but same same type of era. So that's how his shop kind of ran, and that's how I learned, and that's how I sort. So like you know, it's gotten watered down and trickled down a little bit differently, but um, you know, same same kind of thing, man. It's it's like. Uh, you know, it's difficult. I don't know how to navigate this. There's some people that you kind of want to fire as clients. You know what oh, I mean? You kind of just want to be like, look, it's just not working oh. out. <laughs> you know, it's great. We got to have a breakup. And I'm not, I'm not here to say that I don't feel blessed to everybody that comes through the door. I, I really do. 
I appreciate it, but there's some cats that we just don't communicate properly together. We it's just like anybody, it's just like any relationship. This isn't really working out. Like I don't, I I feel like you never really like your cut. I feel like you're either late all the time, or you miss appointments, or you, um, you you make four. I've had people, you know, they make four appointments in the same week, and then you go and like, hey, you know, you you end up emailing them like, hey, which one of these do you want? (laughs) You know, like, like you, you can't. You just if you don't show up to three out of four of these, that's minimum 60 bucks i'm losing talking more like a hundo you know what i mean after the tip and all that so you know and it's you know you want to like you don't want to say listen you can't come here anymore but you know i i did have a couple clients i had to check that one guy would always come in really messed up man either drunk or high on something and he would just disrupt you know because i got a family friendly shop i'm not going to say it's a kids based shop but we had a lot of kids from three on you know so Right. He comes in all messed up, like leaning over, like talking with his head down, like a dope fiend. Ah, who's next? I'm gonna buy. You, so I'll give you fifty bucks if I can take your spot. <laughs> and uh, people are feeling uncomfortable. You know, women are grabbing their children, hold them close. You know, and so he he ended up leaving. And I caught him outside. And next time he was around, I said, "Hey, you gotta stop doing that, man. You know, you have to, like." I really try to show everybody respect, but you can't come in and try to change my whole system. I created a system in here, and you're trying to change the whole thing. You can't do that. This is my shop. If you want to do that, open your own shop and go do whatever you want. You know. And, and he, you know what? It's kind of funny that you say that, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but I think I talked to you in the winter time, in the beginning of the winter, and I was yeah. actually in the process of firing somebody. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And I felt bad because I never really did call you back on that. <laughs> Oh, no, that was cool. I handled it. I, I, I Listen, man, I needed it. You gave me enough amongst other people, and that's the thing. You try to create a family atmosphere for the shop, you know, mm-hmm. and the only way that you're going to have good business is by creating that atmosphere. And a lot of people don't know, and this is attached to the owner's manual, that this is solely on you. Not a lot of people can move the crowd like that. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can be in order to be able to, you know, say, listen, this is how I want the shot. And sometimes you, it, sometimes in dealing with, you know, I don't even like to call them employees, but dealing with people, yeah. you're going to have to let your light show and let your work and your actions show for them to grasp on. Now, if they don't, you know, grasp on to the concept, well, it's sorry, but this is a business, you know, and with the guy that I'll try to teach and me. Him, you know, business minded, having that, you know, like Jay say, from from the street to your business sense. Because a lot of barbers, you know, we all come off of the street. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's like it's very rare that you have a barber that's not. I wouldn't say street, but he's well known. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's somebody to get in your chair for you to be a barber, you have to be. You know, you gotta have to have a little uh, suave about you. I don't even want to say swag. I don't want to say you gotta have a certain aura about yourself that everybody loves. Right. You have to communicate with everybody, you know, and we as barbers, you know, and particularly with the owner manual and owner's manual, you're going to have to get at people to the way they are. You're going to have to almost become, you know, a chameleon with dealing with different faces because everybody is like a head coach. Everybody you can't deal with the same. Exactly. People, you can't baby them at this stage. You can't because you got a business. You got so many people that's relying on you. So, you know, that man has to go down. You know, he can. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the rule that I set. 
I am was he was a, a close friend and I actually worked with his mom. But listen, business is business. You gotta go. You gotta go. Yeah, and that's that's that is the hard part. That's something I'm just learning now. I mean, I've owned my own shop now almost eight years. We're coming up for seven and a half years. And I feel like I just now really understand exactly the type of person I'm looking for. Just now, I'm really getting it. Like, the last guy that didn't work out in my shop, he decided on his own that it wasn't working out. And I agreed with him. It was a tough fit. It just, you know, personality-wise and, you know, expectations for him. He was a new barber and just brand new to the game and wasn't going like how he thought it would. So, anyway... I knew, like, there was a point where I, like, had this really gut feeling like, this probably isn't going to work, but I know I've known him for a while. He's a, he's a friend. I want to see what happens. That gut feeling is so true, man, and, and you need to kind of follow that, and you need to at least give it a little more light than, yeah, 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 but in, like, I, I you know, I, I tend to sweep that kind of, like, gut feeling under the rug, and then it comes back like, yeah, probably should have listened to my gut. Um Right. And, and and it's just it's nothing personal. It's so hard. The first cat that I had to fire, I told him I said, Listen, it's nothing personal, man. It's just I'm riding a bike and the bike has a flat tire, I'm just changing a tire. That's all. You know? And Ooh, I like that one. And, and and he got really upset. We're cool now. This like it took a couple of years, but he was really upset. So how could you possibly say don't take it personal? I said, Well, I don't know how to tell, I don't know how to explain it to you. It's just business. You don't fit the mold, man. And I've been asking you for a long time. and Very, very difficult. Very difficult. And, you know, I don't like to over-explain myself either because sometimes I'm just like, and, and I don't know if this is arrogance or not, but it's like, listen, I the, my name's on the lease, brother. That's what it is. You know? Right. Like, I'm paying all the well, bills, listen, so. Like I said, I want to go, and I can't stress this enough to you, is all a part of that owner's manual, man. If you don't have, if you don't have, you don't have the tolerance nor the patience for one man while you're trying to feed everybody else. So you feel bad about it, but you got to move on, man. Yeah. You got to move on. And it's, and, it's, and it's a shame sometimes because I know you get this feeling where you're the, probably the only one because it took so much to build. You know, they don't understand when you're building a shop and you're building a barbershop. This is not something that you just come up and whip up a couple of chairs and you put it in there. It right. takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of thought into this. Mm. And the type of thinking and the man that you become in running your own is totally different from the normal person's thinking that mm-hmm. doesn't have their own business, that goes to work every day. You can wake up now. You have created it to the point where you can wake up now with nothing in your pocket, nothing in your pocket. By the end of the day, you'll be all right. Yeah. It takes a special person and a special individual, even legally, to be able to generate revenue for his family. You know what I'm saying? That's a, it's being a benefactor and being a boss is it's, it's something else, man, that people don't understand. I have a phrase that I use, and mm. I tell everybody this, and it says, it's basically, boss yourself in order to lead others. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you really got to dig down into yourself as you would dig down into somebody else. Because I'm pretty sure when you got rid of that guy, these are things that you wouldn't tolerate within your own self as a man. So oh, you got to force exactly. yourself in order to lead others. And then you have, well, I'm not sure how many people you have underneath you, but those people, the men underneath you, they wake up every morning relying on you. So it takes a, it takes a certain mentality. It takes a certain, a certain uh, aura about you to be able to even open nor read that owner's manual. Man, I salute you for it. Yeah, right. 
Likewise, man. I like that owner's manual. That's I, you know, bringing it back a little bit. We we connected at first on Twitter um, because I had seen. First of all, I just followed every barber ever that I could find. I would spend hours just following barbers, like. Um, but you know, you 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 would be posting stuff about thoroughbred barbers, and you had like a T-shirt design you're working on, like a thoroughbred. Something like that, right? I forget what it was. Right. I had a, uh, a partner of mine, he's a good friend. A lot of people and a lot of guys around me, they they have their own, when I say that, they have their own T-shirt company. Like I said, the guy for Glocker, where he had his, his own radio, you know, his radio show. So a lot of people that are around me that I connect with basically had their own, the peers that I deal with. Mm-hmm. And that was Thoroughbred Attire. You know, it's, it's clothing lined up. Matter of fact, I have an article on it. I have... The clothing on, and um, if you look at my Twitter feed on our show yesterday, because our podcast is from Wednesday, from 7 to 9, I have another piece of this clothing on. I always try to wreck somebody that's trying to do, you know, good, especially I know him. So yeah. that's, that's what that was about. And we had connected. He had set up his shop outside of my shop, and he made some money off because if I'm wearing it, you know, as barbers, we got to be fly. Mm-hmm. So we're wearing these things. People see it and wanted to buy it. So we had set up yeah. shop for a while, and and. and uh, last summer, so that did really well. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that, that was that was cool to see that because I had been working on this line. I had two T-shirts, and I and when I say work on the line, I designed two T-shirts. I never printed them because I'm I'm cheap. Like I I hesitate with T-shirts <laughs> because it's like, who, does the world really need another T-shirt? Like really, like really? That's like uh, my my effort could be, you know, maybe concentrated somewhere else. It might be more payoff for people, but. I still got to do them because they're still in my mind, and I just was looking at the prints the other day, but, you know, one of them said, it just says 20 heads a day with a barber pole next to it, all in black and white, you know, and then, like, hashtag thoroughbred barber, you know, and the other one was, uh, it's like, I- I've been cutting since way before Instagram, <laughs> you know, and uh, it's a thor- thoroughbred barber, you know, if it, there's a few of us still <laughs> out there that started cutting hair way before Instagram, just like, when I was making music, I started rapping way before Eminem came out. Like, people were like, "Wait a minute, you yeah, right, you were right. rapping before Eminem?" Like, "Yep, there was white rappers before Eminem, buddy. There was a, <laughs> there, there was a lot of them." Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, so so we connected on that level, and then I started noticing that you were doing haircuts at like, what time do you open your shop, bro? Like, you're like there like a six, five thirty, like what, like what time you open up? Well, uh, normally I would up at six. I open up at 6 a.m., between 6 and 6.30 a.m., because I've generated so many clients that you have to appease them in some way, shape, or form. So you got to kind of move it like, well, let's get one thing straight. If somebody calls me with the right price, you know, mm-hmm. and I've done this with my clients over the years, and it's just it's starting to get uh, intense, like, you can call me any time of the night and say you need me, and I'll cut your hair. But right. I generally open up between 6 and 6.30 to get the ones who have to go to school, that have to go to work. You might have a meeting. You might have a, a, a presentation, anything. You know, anything sure. guys will want. You get up in there and get in there in the morning and get it done. Availability is everything in the barber game. You know this. Yeah, I agree. And that's, I mean, almost any business, but for sure with that. So 6, 6.30, and then what time are you kind of closing up and getting out of it? Because I've seen you posting stuff at like 9 o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night. Right, well, you know what I'll do is um, I'll normally work maybe from 6 to about 5, 5, 36, 7, depending upon, you know, the flow. But what I do, I do take time for myself. Mm-hmm. 
clients already know if a client, you know, you can't just call me during the day because if you do, it's going, it's going to run you. But say I'll stop at like 5, 4, 30, and I'll take it take it easy for a minute, and then I'll jump back into it maybe about 7, 8. And that's not all the time. Mm-hmm. That's not all the time, but, you know, some weekends and some weekdays, like I said, I like to – my biggest fear in this game is, is, is you know, scared. I'm scared to lose. Yeah. I'm scared to lose. I'm scared to, you know, have anybody. You know, there's a lot of barbers that's on your level, and there's a lot of them here. So, they, you know, on every corner, there's a barbershop on every corner. Yeah. So I like to take care of any and every head that I can get my hands on. Because yeah. I look at it, this is not, for real, for real, this is not a job. It's like, I'm an artist too, so people, it's like getting paid to go to art class. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that's the way I look at it. It's just, it's free money, man. This is not, somebody asked me, what do I think about retiring? I said, well, I have to work before I have to think about retiring. <laughs> yeah. So, man, like, we could talk about this piece right here for like hours and hours. We, you, you might be the long lost twin of my man, Greg, who taught me everything. I mean, literally, exactly, he says the same thing. And and he did, and he does the same hours. He, he works seven days a week. He'll be there. You know, we, we the shop used to be open 10 to 8. He'd be there at 8 o'clock in the morning, 7, 7 o'clock, and then he'd be cutting all the way until whenever. Like, ah, oh, I'll just keep taking them, you know? Same thing. I don't want to lose. I don't want to send them somewhere else. I don't want – I'll take right. everybody. Like, he, uh, that, That's funny, man. I, so I come from the same exact era, same exact cloth as that. Like, the guys that work for me are with me. I, I know, like you said, like you hate. To, I'm not calling them employees. They pay me chair rent. Right? They're, they're they're private contractors technically, right? But the my team, they're like, dude, like I I, I had to like finally tell them like, look, I'm like, you know, I just realized I don't. You guys want to take a lunch break or something? <laughs> they're like, yeah, I'd love a lunch break. I'm like, all right, I didn't think about that because I haven't taken a lunch break since like 2003. So I'm like, huh, yeah. So how do we do that? So we had to set up lunch breaks for everybody, you know. And then I'm like. You know, not everybody's gonna be a maniac like me, but some of my guys they get it and they they're all in. You know, they'll take that lunch break. But other than that, if they're sitting down, they're on Instagram trying to get more people to come down. You know, um, it's just the fear of. You know what it is too, AJ. I tell these guys all the time. You don't know what it felt like to sit in that shop, not knowing if it was gonna work or not. Do you know what I'm saying? Like when you first you when when I first opened that shop, the first day was incredible i promoted the hell out of it i had you know i grew up in the area so i was reaching out to all my old friends and family they were around yo i'm opening a shop blah, blah blah the first day i was only open for like five hours i made like 400 bucks and i was like "Woo, okay this is gonna work and then the following tuesday i opened up did one haircut one cut in 10 hours I'm like ooh, okay so then the next day i did two haircuts okay improvement next day I did zero haircuts, not one, not a single one. And my wife, God bless her, she's calling me every hour. How's it going? That's going okay. You doing any haircuts yet? Nah, not yet. Really? Yeah. Okay. Finally, finally, I was like, you know what? I'll call you. When I get a cut, I'll call you. I'll tell you about it because it's getting embarrassing telling my wife, no, I didn't make any money. No, I didn't make any money yet. No, I didn't. <laughs> you know? And and we had just found out the day, the night before we the opening day that she was pregnant. So I knew it was coming. Yeah, so that so that, yo, this had to work. Like it had like it there was no question of whether or not it was gonna work. It had to work. So but my guys, they don't rem- they don't have that feeling. I created a money machine. They just walked into it. You know what I'm saying? You just as long as you're not a dickhead and you can cut really good consistently, 
you're gonna make a lot of money. And when I, you know, for us, like a lot of money, like in a week, is like two G's. That's like a good, good take. Like, you know, like uh, an average barber can make twelve hundred in my shop. Easy. They just show up. They just show up, AJ. They don't even have to do nothing. Yeah, that that's what I created for you. So, like you said, they're not gonna think like us, right? They're not gonna think like me, and, and that's fine. But I just I need to remind myself, like, they don't know that feeling. They didn't sit there and read all the books that I read while I was waiting for people to show up. And, you know, they didn't have to tell their wife they made no money, you know, in a day. That's embarrassing. That feels horrible. And then it makes you, it's going to do two things, right? It's going to either, one, it's either going to make you wake up and grind harder the next day somehow, or it's going to make you feel like you've made the wrong decision and start to slowly shut it down in your head, you know? So... I don't know. That's I, I'm with you on that 100 percent, man. Like people, like oh, I can't. I just I, mm, let me figure out how to say this the right way. Up until three weeks ago, literally, I had to make a conscious effort three weeks ago to change this. I would not let anybody walk out of the shop without either making an appointment or at least having every bit of information they need to make an appointment or come back to the shop. Like I'm not okay with people leaving the shop and not getting a haircut. You know, if you if you right, walk, right, you, right. you know, you walk in the way. How long's the wait? It's about two hours. What? Two hours? Yeah, it's about two hours. We've got four people waiting that don't have appointments. We have appointments come down every half hour. Oh, man. All right, and they walk out. I'm not okay with that. I, I, I have these coupons I give them. I have a business card with my name, the shop name, all that stuff. Like, hey, you got to go online, make an appointment. If you come back, I'll give you a discount, this kind of thing. Just now, I'm kind of like, hey, you know what? I keep adding chairs, and I keep having to wait, and I keep having people walk out. No matter how many chairs. It happened when I had two chairs. I got eight chairs, and it's still happening. So, I guess I, this is just how it is. So, I'm just like, okay, well, you know, we can get to you next week or we can get to you. And, and they're either going to come back or they're not, man. But I can't. It's just recently I've had to kind of turn that down a little bit. Right, right. And, but you know what? That fear is one of, that fear is what, it's what's going to keep your shot in survival mode. You know, my situation just was a little different. Like, this is my second shot. I had a shot previously this for 10 years, you mm. know, and I've been fortunate to um, work with some of the best barbers, you know, the barber shops out here, like it was a shop that was pumping called Fred's Heads, I was there, and they had another shop called uh, Shit Magic, I was there too, and the owners, they were the type of owners that had, they cut in gator shoes, you know, they cut ties and mm. everything like that, and I just watched them, and what they did was create an atmosphere for not only for themselves because like I said it starts with you first and right. what I would do is almost the same thing but see my shop is not big at all I've had the one partner that I've had for years and I've been working with him for just about 20 years and what happens is he cuts in 15 minutes and it's incredible I've never seen anybody cut hair in wow. 15 minutes you know 15 minutes flat 15 to maybe 20 minutes flat wow. and get everybody out of there you know what I'm saying? Me, I'm a little different. You see my work. I like to kind of be steady mm-hmm. and then take my time. It takes me about 30 minutes to cut a head. Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm normally doing is funny. I'll, I'm, I'm getting ready to put it out there. I hope not too many of my clients hear this. <laughs> but I'll actually sell spots that are not that, that are always available. Mm-hmm. You know, meaning if somebody says, like, they call me in the morning and say, well, like, I want to get an 830, I might say, damn, well, Somebody already got an 8.30, but for a couple extra hours, I can get you in there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. When the slot was already open. You know, that was just, that's just hustling about it. And that's the only way that, you know, 
kind of mirroring what you're doing with giving out coupons and everything. That's why I have the crazy hours that I do. You know, yeah. if I know somebody, like, I'll find out all your tendencies, you know what I mean? I'll find out when you got to drop your kids off to your mom. I got to find out how far your job is. I'll find out, you know, if your wife is pregnant or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. i find out all the little tendencies about each clientele. And then I <laughs> tend to, you know, and yeah. that's what's been able to get everybody to come back because it's like, listen, she's willing to cut your hair. He wants to cut your hair, and I'm going to cut your hair, you know? Yeah. And the only thing is just, is just saying another thing that I had, that I would rather be overbooked than underpaid. Mm. I'd okay. rather be overbooked yeah. than underpaid. So, yeah. you know, and, and and that's kind of funny because I had my, my lady, she gets me all sorts of T-shirts and stuff, and I actually had that one on the T-shirt maybe a few years back. But I, since I had a bad flood in my crib, and it flooded out, and I wasn't able to, know make another one but what you were saying about the t-shirts jake the world can use another t-shirt it's just about how you present it and how you do it because i'm gonna tell you anybody can make a t-shirt but it's where the t-shirt is coming from yeah you know what i'm saying you 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 have your own and the things that you say out of your mouth are strong because it's not only that you're walking the walk you're doing what you say you're doing right you know that's one thing that i you know if you follow me on twitter i'm always saying certain things like do if you want to be a man, do what you say you're doing. I'm not just going to tell anybody things that I wouldn't use because I implemented it and I have my own. You right. know, I feed multitudes off of what I built. So the things that you're saying on those t-shirts that can actually spark what that person might need in the brain. They might not even know you. They see that you're a barber. They see that you're riding around in a truck. They see that you have your own house. They know what this man is talking about. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it all depends on where it's coming from. And shit, if there's the t-shirt that you want to do, I'd advise you to do it and put them in your shop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I can appreciate that. I I get, uh, I, I get like, this thing where I'm like, all right, well, how much effort do I really want to put into this? Because I only got so much time in the day, right? Like, like this podcast just started to become really important to me because I started to be able to reach a lot more people than my videos and my Instagram posts and all this other stuff I was doing before. Uh so, like, I'm going to put a lot of eggs in this basket right now. Um, the T-shirt's like, yeah, if I can find somebody to do them for me and I can do them cheap, you know, I'll put them up and then, like, I, I, then I got to promote them. And I, you know, it's like this whole thing. It's like, it's not my passion, AJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not my thing. Like, it's not like, so, like, I don't know. But but I do want to make my own stuff just so I can, at least so I can have one, you know? Because, uh, right. so, 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 let, so I was talking to, um, kill the other night we did a cast and um it, it was just it's just amazing i mean i'm just gonna bring it up again and, and all the listeners are gonna be like okay jake we get it but like i just think it's just strange this philly connection man because i you know i was talking to you and then i was talking to toot and um then then uh like kenny duncan he's in philly and like uh van this dude van the goat he calls himself um talking to him a little bit and it's like all these people i connect with the most are all from philly i just find that very odd man so, I don't know. I don't even need a response to that. <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. Like hey, I... listen, this is a deep barber. Philadelphia is a cesspool of barbers. So, yeah. the way that you're cutting hair and you're putting it out, it was only a matter of time before you connected with Philadelphia. Ah, uh, okay. That's who you are. If you came down here, you would make it the same way. Yeah. Now, I like Philly. I've only been there once. I got to go back, man. I went when I was like 19. So, I want to go and I'm like, over, you know, I'm 39 now. <laughs> and going, I'm an adult. Actually, going to some you know cool spots, and check people out. But um, 
Let, let me ask you a random question, man. This is something that just came to mind when I was I was talking to this guy a while back about cutting hair, and he 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 had a similar background to me. He, he started he learned everything he knew in a, like a black barbershop, like a hood shop, you know, um, which is how I was raised up in this. And he he said that, and I totally agree with him. He said that this this sort of the the, the new trend in barbering is this sort of like. Uh, ultra conservative like but funky like white guy like 1930s like bootlegger style look you know with the mustaches and, and the clothes and the pinstripes pants and the wingtips and he's like but people forget that barbershops in the white community were like dead for like two decades and the only barbershops that are really operating were ones in the neighborhoods you know what i mean and right um I had always just been attracted to like anything that wasn't suburban. You know what I mean? So that's just me and, and I think that's how I got and fell in love with barbering myself. But like what's your thoughts on that, man? Like it seems like that the barbershop in a black neighborhood is always been like an epicenter of so many things and so much great stuff comes out of there. And there's a lot of negativity that comes out of there too. I mean, I've seen some really crazy shit. But you know, you know, it, you know. I'm sure you have, yeah. Like, but what, what like, what, like, what's your thought? Like, if somebody said that to you, what's your thoughts on that? Well, it's always been said, and this is where I learned that the barbershop, and that was a barbershop. My mother's they used to call it the Black Man's Country Club. <laughs> yes, I like that. It used to be the Black Man's Country Club, and first of all, the barbershop. Is is just about it's about as standard as the church. You know, in certain places that, mm. the, that you don't shoot dice in front of the church. You don't shoot dice. Some barbershops have that. You know, they have that leisure where I don't do that. You know, that keeps away. You know, good business. But there's certain things that you would not do in the barbershop. You would respect the head barber as if he was your pastor in the neighborhood. If people needed things, you know, they could often come to their barber from advice. You might need some change, a couple of dollars to do, you know, what they wanted to do or things that you couldn't do. You could always come to your barber. Your barber um, becomes your psychiatrist, mm. becomes your financial mean. He becomes, you know, any your, your, anything that the barber needed, you know, some people, excuse me, that people needed. Certain people just looked at the barber as having it all and once you you know are able to do these things like we're financial not financial what's the fashion consultants yeah you know the barber was just so highly respected he always had you know the nice car he had always had a beautiful woman he always had the right thing to say at the right moment mm. you know and that was a big mixture in the black community you know not to say that um in suburban communities you didn't need that, but in every community, especially in urban and in hood communities, not everybody has it together. You know, yeah. in a suburban, you might have the whole community, you know, is making making bread. And every other house you see, a BMW, you see a nice car. Yeah. Everybody doesn't have that down here. Right. So with the barbershop and the head barber, he seemed to have it all and have it together and have the answer for everything. And like I said, he becomes like the hood pope. So, yeah. you know, that, that that whole, you know, being able to solve people's problems and do the things that other people could 
There's something just super special about what happens when when you get your hair cut to your confidence. There's just, you know, this this is like all the time. This is why I'm even doing the podcast. Like there's something special about it, and you just nailed a huge piece of it. So from from a suburban white, and I'm I'm always talking about race. You know, people get offended or they don't. I don't know. I just think race is really interesting and, and cultural, not necessarily race, but just cultural divides and all this stuff. So it's part of humanity, man. You yeah. Can't, you can't get away. Yeah, it's just very interesting to me. So, like, growing up in the in the white suburbs, you know, there was barbershops, but there's no flavor there. There's no style whatsoever. It's just you got a men's regular, a flat top, or, like, a, a like a, like a you know, we call it a Caesar, but, like, we call it a whiffle, like, just one, like, a two all over zip. Bye, you know? And, right. you know, the barbershop I grew up going to up the street for me, there was zero conversation ever. There was not. I would go in there like hoping to talk to somebody, and there, there was nothing. There were the barbers weren't talking to clients. They weren't talking to each other. No, none of the clients were talking to each other. It was just odd. It was like kind of like going to to like church and in, in, in its own sense that way. Yeah, right. It was like bizarre. And then, um, my mother started taking me to uh, like a lady who had a salon in her house, and so a lot of white kids grew up with divorced parents. I did. My parents. Well, they just recently divorced, but they were together for my, you know, as long as I lived in the house, and um, right. God bless them. Man. And um, you know, but a lot of white kids grew up in, in in broken families that their mother just took them to the salon that they went to because it was just easier. The fathers would have them on the weekends, but they weren't trying to do any work or take them anywhere. You know what I mean? Um, right. So a lot of like guys that are my age and older in a white community really still don't know how they want their hair cut. You know what I mean? They don't know what to tell you. And, and it, that's like a weird thing. And that's, in my mind, because in the 60s, the Beatles had those crazy haircuts. Barbers were dropping off the face of the earth, at least in the in the suburbs, because nobody was getting their hair cut. You know? And it, it, styles changed. And in the 70s, it was all about salons, and it was all about, you know, big hair and feather hair and all that stuff. And the 80s was just a whole bunch of terrible haircuts. That at least in the white community, I think that's when the the, the black community the haircut started getting incredible. You know what I mean? That's when you, you when you started seeing the high top fades, you started seeing the slow the, the you know the slopes and the um like actual lineups. You know what I mean? Um, right. And, and but so like then barbershops just in the last like ten years, like even when I went to barber school in two thousand one, people were like barber school. Why would you do that? You know? It's like well, I wanna want to cut hair for a living you know so you know the, the only place you could get a fade was at was at a barbershop that was owned by a black guy man that's all it was so once like once we found that we would drive a half an hour 45 minutes to go get a real fade because that's what we wanted you know and uh i don't know it's just interesting to me man i i i credit you know just black culture in general for all 
great things that at least all the things that I love, because it, 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 that spawned all the great music, all the great comedy, all the great you know the greatest moments in sports. You know, it, it's it's not it's not a bunch of old white guys in the suburbs doing that stuff. You know, <laughs> so it's. It, right. Well, you know what? It just it just comes from you know I don't want to get too deep, but it just comes from our culture and being lavish all the way back when you you know because I've studied hair to the point where it's taken us all the way back to the Egyptian days. It's just style. It's just what we are. It's just where we you know where we come from, and it's all about having a good time. You look good. You feel good. You feel, you know you feel good. You work good. You, and this is the things that sometimes. All we had in the black community was to look good. That's all you wanted to do was look good. You right. didn't have any money in your pocket, but you wanted to look good and you wanted to feel you wanted to feel good. Yeah. You know, and that style is just cultural. That's that's just where we come from. You know? Right. Yeah, it's just just that, that I know I went deep on that. That was just uh, such an interesting. Oh, that's, that, and, I, and that's deep. That's, that actually, and it's, and it's crazy because once I play this podcast in this shop. It'll have a different effect on the way I know some of the people that are in here. Because it's a lot of young guys. I tell people I have so many sons. You know, it's a lot of <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of kids that come here from broken homes that don't have a father that look up to me. That not only they get their haircut, they come here. Part of the people that I say they come here that don't even get their haircut. They want to hear that guidance. They want to hear how you do things and you know the way you're supposed to go on with your everyday life and place and by not sharing that information it's not a camaraderie you know it's not a brotherhood that's one thing that um that's why it's so shocking in the black community where all these killings is going on because it was only at one time not too long ago be talking about 30 to 40 years where all we had was each other so when you congregated you didn't waste time with congregating. There were things that were put on the table for everyday life. There were things that people were going to that you would share to, to just to try to build <clears throat> your brother up, mm-hmm. you know. And that's, you know, regardless of what race, creed, or color, because I'm pretty sure, I'm not sure if you've seen any of my tweets. Sometimes I say, fuck racism. I can't stand it, yeah. you know. I think that once I play this podcast, it's going to bring a joke to, you know, some of the people who, feel like, well, they have their opinions that don't deal with, you know, white people mm-hmm. on an everyday basis, and it's kind of dope that, you know, if you can see it in that light and then share with the other people that yeah. don't think that way, it just, like I said, the barbershop, once again, has sparked the brain, well, yeah, you know what I heard at the barbershop? I heard that this guy named Jake was talking to AJ, that's the owner of his own shop, and he just talked about and gave credit to the flavor, and there's certain things that, as blacks, we could learn from each other, and that's what giving back to humanity, and you talking about these issues, it's a necessity. Yeah. You know, it really is a necessity. I appreciate that, man. This is, this is my, my, so my, my purpose to me, but I was thus far, 39 years into this life, I feel my purpose is to connect people and not necessarily one to another, but connect people to an idea, connect people to um, their past or their future or, or to, to a real vision of how they could be. And, you know, like I, I like connecting things like that. So hopefully that, that that's how that will play out, man. So taking it to a lighter note, man, I always like to ask barbers and I and I don't know why I haven't done it yet on this podcast. You're the first one. 
but are you an Andis man or a Wall man? Are you an Oster man? Or what, what Clippers are you rolling with in the shop, man? Always Andis. Always. Always. Andis. So what do you Always use Andis. the um? The Masters or? Oh, you know what's funny, man? You know, I see a lot of, uh, I consider myself an old school barber enjoying the new school ways. But the thing, one thing that I haven't, that stuck with me since my basement years is that I don't go out and have uh, 10 different clippers for 10, 10 different things. When I get ready to tell you my arsenal is funny as hell, I have one pair of Masters, mm-hmm. one pair of Masters, with a surgical blade on it and <laughs> four T outliners, the shape ups. Because mm-hmm. the shape up is the shape up is what's bring to me is you know, other barbers have, you know, what they do, but to me the shape up brings everything all together and yeah. you shouldn't take too much time. So those masters that I have, I don't have any other clippers. Once I fade your hair, once I round it off or do anything, those masters could go run through twenty 20 years a day and look at me like, are you done yet? Hmm. Like, I love Masters. I hmm. love Masters. They, they lasted so long. And once they came out with the surgical blade, I was done. So, I, I, I'm I in the same boat, but with Wall. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, I, I, I picked up the Masters in barber school. I'm like, wow, these are heavy. And I use them. And, you know, you know when you're in barber school... Um, you're taking like an hour and a half to do every haircut, so they heat up. You know, they were getting they're getting hot. I'm like, man, I don't think it's for me, and I just never picked them up again. Now, you know, some cats in my shop use them. For me, I just never never got into them. I I used the T outliners for a long time, and then I don't know if it, it, it I don't know if it happens to you at all. You ever get like the back of like a young kid's neck and get those little baby hairs, and it just clogs that blade up for whatever reason. It's just like, do you know what I mean? It's like that light hair, like that light baby hair, and like that straighter hair, like hang, just it won't, and it and it that blade, I have to take it off and adjust it. It never cuts right again, and so I got tired of that. I used them for I don't know twelve years or something, and then um, I tried those wall detailers, and they're round, and so it's a weird feeling because I feel like I'm gonna drop them at first because they're round. They don't they don't have like a good grip, but. They never heat up. The blade's good out the box. I don't need to adjust it. And it's like, just just worked out. So, But same thing, man. I had, forever, I had a pair of uh, wall seniors sitting there. And then right. two two uh, outliners. Just because, right, you know, they heat up whatever you drop one, you got one ready to go. And that's it. And and then I got a close shaver, like, I don't know, like 10 years ago. I started using a close shaver. Um, and that, that, that that's it. He's like, that's it? Like, yeah, that's it. I don't <laughs> I don't need I'm not I'm I think that's that old school feel though, bro. It's like I don't need eighteen different clippers. So I like to use the fast feeds for this and I like to use the seventy sixes for that. And I like to eh I don't know, man. I just get it all done with one. Yeah, yeah. You don't need a whole lot, you know, and with the Andes I find that I love their motor. Even in the T outliners, the reason they heat up fast because the motor is so powerful. You yeah. know, it forces you to, and I use it, and it has to force me to get it done. You know, yeah. get it done with the less strokes, the less, you know, it, 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 it kind of helped me, you know, minimize the timing within each haircut. You understand what I'm saying? I do, but yeah. it still just gave me, and with the blades, I found a way to modify them myself, you know, with the T-outliners, and I love, and I'm telling you, I lust over setting my blades. I lust over it. 
Yeah. I change them about every three months, maybe. Okay. Yeah, me too. Ah, man, this is good to hear. Yeah, just, just so you spend time, like, adjusting them and then getting them nice and tight. So are you, like, a zero-gap cat? You like them, like, zero, like if you push too hard, you're going to cut the skin? Or, like, how, how do you like them? Oh, I'm a zero-gap. Only for the simple fact that, and I need them extremely sharp, but I have a really light hand. Mm-hmm. You know, once I, I, when I'm when I'm fading and everything, that's one thing. But when I'm shaping up, it, you, you barely feel it. I'm, I'm scared. I just cut too many kids. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I zapped a kid one time, man, on his ear, and it, it bled for a long time. This is back when I was working for Greg, and I got shook, man. And all everybody, because it was already hard enough being like the white dude, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you look the guy from barbershop, and it's like, and this poor kid, he turned his head and it zapped him, and ah, man, it was bleeding. I had to put a whole shitload of styptic on this, styptic on there, and everybody's looking like, oh, he's. Yeah, I know, but at least it's, you know it stopped the bleeding. At least it was like I think ever since I'm like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep these like you know I, I used to adjust them, but not 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 like too tight, man. You know, and then yeah, so I don't know. And I for myself, I got sensitive skin. Like I can't shave, I can't use them on myself when they're like that. That's the other thing. So um, yeah, man, it's I always wanted that. Um, all right, so we got like seven minutes left um, on this. So. What I was hoping to get from you was, seeing as you've been in it a little longer than me, and and you're from the at that era, what is the the craziest slash funniest or one of each that you've seen go down in the shop? Oh man, I ain't. I was sitting there right before you called. I was sitting there talking to my lady. Like, damn, there's so many of them. But I have one, and this is crazy, right? And normally, like, if you're a barber, you can understand this. You ever, you ever cut hair? And you had no air conditioner, and the hair would stick to the sweat. Mm-hmm. A lot. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So you know exactly where I can I can talk about it. Then this is funny. It was um one of the young guys who was cutting next to me, and I wasn't in my own shop. I was working for somebody else, but he trusted me at the end of the night with keys. So a friend of his was getting married, and it was part of a wedding uh wedding party within the next two hours. So this guy's here, I mean, he had like the Elvis Preston. This when the dark fade started really coming back in. This was about 90, this was about 94 or okay. whatever. Getting ready to be a part of this marriage, uh, part, this wedding party. And, you know, he had the, the, you know Elvis with the front of it looking all wavy. And it's going backwards and goes back to this dark fade, but it's faded at the bottom or whatever. Yeah. Cool, right? So he put it down. I mean, Terrence was sharp. Terrence put it together or whatever. But he just didn't. He combed the fade while he was cutting it the whole time, but barely used the brush. Gave the dude the mirror. The, the dude loved it. He loved it. When he went to go and he stood up and he brushed him off and everything, it was cool. You know, I was sitting there. I was done for the day. Dog. When he stood up and the boy went to go grab the brush, and when he grabbed the brush and brushed the side of the side of his head, and when I tell you his whole fade came off in the brush. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He wasn't keeping it clean, so he couldn't. He wasn't getting the real vision of it. He wasn't getting the real truth of it. Right, he, he wasn't brushing the hair off because you know what the sweat held his hair, and plus he had Puerto Rican hair. So yeah, man. He brushed it, 
dog when he brushed the hair down. The fade, listen, the fade was at the top of his ear, the way he had it faded. Mm-hmm. It was at the top of his ear. When he brushed the fade, it was almost at the middle of the, the, the crown, like, you know, where you, <laughs> you, you finish off the blend off with, like, the top of your box. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like it was super low, and then, right. and then he, and then when he really brushed it off, realized he was fading hair that was already cut. That he was. Listen, when we tried to listen, we had to talk this guy out of kicking his ass, and the dudes they had been friends for almost ten years, and he really wanted uh, to kick his ass. Oh man! He really wanted to kick his ass. So it was, it was, that had to be one of the funniest moments, you know. And if you still got time, I have one that just blew my mind. Right? Yeah, yeah. And this young guy, right, I met him while he was in the 10th grade. His name was Aston, intelligent kid. You know, he head on his shoulders. And you know how it is when a young lady walks past the you know, mm-hmm. window. You might look and you're like, damn, you know, you, you comment on a woman or whatever. Well, he did that with us, you know, for two years. So he had actually got a scholarship to um, Princeton. So, oh, wow. you know, Aston, we put congratulations, gave him a scholarship. He leaves, you know, and he comes back maybe, you know, in between his breaks for school or whatever. So it was one of those late nights I was in there. It was me, two of the young guys that I had sitting around from my little football team or whatever, and Ashton was the last one. So at the time, you know, this is when, you know, homosexuality had just started booming and everything. And, you know, I was born in the 70s and raised in the 80s. I wasn't ever too fond, you know, of that life or whatever. So. Right. We're sitting there, and they had something, like a movie came on, and, it, you know, two guys, like, going at it. I said, I, I said, geez, I can't, I just really went in, and I just was like, I cannot stand this. I, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't cut the hair and uh, everything like that. So Ashton turns around to me and says, you wouldn't, is that how you really feel? And I said, yeah, that's how I really feel. He said, AJ, I got to tell you I'm gay. Oh. And my reply was, I said, no, you're not. <laughs> 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 yes, I am. I said, no, you're not. You just think you are. And I'm starting to get upset because I said, well, what about us looking at women out, out you know, with the high school guy? You know yeah. your high school clients. Yeah. We talking about women with them and everything. And it was like, you was looking at women. He was like, well, I just didn't know how to come out at the time. And then it went into this, I mean, my face. It's just like these young cats, the two other young guys that were sitting there, they said, you didn't know he was gay? And I was like, fuck no, I didn't know he was gay. I'm, I don't look at stuff, you know. Yeah. Then when people were dressing like that, you know how you had your sophisticated cat that kind of dressed like that? I mean, I knew he dressed like that, but I didn't, you know, it's not something that I look for in a man. I don't say, yeah. he's gay or you, nothing, nothing. I don't yeah. look at that, that type stuff. So ah, he told man. me he was gay, and I told him, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, it was like, you're like, yeah. like his father, like, what do, you, what do you know? And they said when he went up to college, the, the rest is history. So it just really blew yeah. my mind. But the stories that I'm saying, you had to really be there because the type so he, of person that I am. Well, I, you know, you know, as barbers, I don't pull any punches. 
Yeah, you were you were you were you were saying what you felt, and he was like, "Oh, this is this is this is what's going on." You're like, "Uh, <laughs> okay, let me." Man, I had definitely a lot more stories when I was cut hair in the city, you know, because it was it's just a different eclectic group. You know, we were in a, we were in an area where there was uh, just a wild mix of different you know cultures and races. So there was a lot of Vietnamese guys, a lot of Haitian guys. Um, there was a you know a lot of white people. There was a lot of people that moved. It was city, but it wasn't hood hood. You know what I mean. So a lot of OGs moved out from like Dorchester, Roxbury, and they moved out. It was in Malden, Mass. So they moved out to Malden because it was a little easier. But it's still the city. You still got the bus and the train and all that. You know. Um, so there was just always a wild mix. And the funniest thing that happened in, in, that I can that just keeps coming to mind whenever somebody brings this up is. We had this Indian family that would come in there, and the father was old as dirt. He, he was, he. This cat was old, man. He was. It looked like, and this is going to be rude, but he just looked like he was already dead. Like he was so old, man. He had like bar- <laughs> barely any hair, and he smelled really bad, like no deodorant, like straight from the old country, like just... They don't believe in deodorant. I think yeah. they like rub rice underneath their arms and keep it moving. There's something there. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure what it was, but he... You know, so Greg did the haircut on him. I wasn't cutting it. I wasn't cutting his hair. Uh, Greg wasn't. I was sitting next to him. And, and uh, he's like, okay. He showed him the mirror, and he kind of gave the nod. He spoke no English. And he's like, okay, man. And he, like, put his finger up, like, wait one minute. And he pulled the cape up over his arms a little bit and he pulled his sleeves up and he pulled his armpit hair out now you're talking the smell was already insane already and this man's got his arms up open pulls all the hair out of his shirt so it's all hanging out and he points to it <laughs> greg's like what do you, you want me to you want me to cut that and he's like nods like yeah he's like nah man <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not cutting that yeah i'm not and he's like no like he's like no i'm not cutting it and like he just like put it away, like oh okay, and, like shuffled out of there. But I'm like, dude, that that's not even on the menu, bro. That's not even like that's not on the price board. That you don't you won't catch that on there. That's that's not something you can get. But yeah, they, listen, I don't even. I barely do. Listen, I barely. I just. I barely do nose hairs, man. Certain things you're gonna have to get on your own. And I've been cutting hair long enough. I reserve the right to say no. Yeah. Nose hairs sometimes. Uh, people ask me for back hairs. I don't do that either. You know, nah. they have totally, like, you got your girl for that. They got the section at Rite Aid where you can buy, like, the $15, $20 clippers. Where you, that's, that's hygiene right there. That's, 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 yeah. I'm not, you might as well have me wash your ass. I'm not. Well, that's it. That's it from the neck up, man. From, I got you covered from the neck up. You know, I'll do exactly. T-shirt line. One time this cat asked me, like, he... I thought he was serious, but he was joking. He had me on speakerphone, apparently with his girlfriend in the car. He's like, how much you charge for um, shaving backs? I'm like, uh, for you? I'm like, yeah, I'm like, 800 bucks. And uh, he, he started laughing. He was like, would you really do it for 800? I'm like, for 800, I could find it. I could find a way to get it done for 800 bucks, you know? But we'll have to do it after hours. That's going to be weird. But, yeah, man, people just... You just see all types of people, man. I love it. I mean, I love people in general. This is another reason why this business is, like, so great for me. Um, you know, but, yeah, you just... I've seen cats, like, especially in the city, like I said. it see a dude get in the chair and his gun fell out of his pants and went came down his pant leg. Slid across the floor. Great. 
Can you go pick that up, please, real quick? Before all these kids see that, you know, like, do you not know how to hold a gun? I'm not a gun guy. I'm not into guns, but I would imagine if I had a gun, I would certainly know how to hold that thing in my pants and have it right. Um, you know, uh, uh, other cats that just are so stupid that just that dudes just like come in and tell you all about the whole the whole drug deal. Like, dude, you're stupid. Like, you you don't look around, you don't see. Like, anybody could take this cape off and it could be a police uniform under that cape. Anybody in here? You get you get. Sick. the hell out of me. I can't yeah. stand that shit. Ugh, it's like, dude. And so my shop now, the one that this, since I've owned the shop, we've had a few cats come in talking like that, and and none of us are like, oh really? Oh then then what happened? We're all just like, oh okay, and we just try to change the subject, and they get the hint, you know what I mean? They're like, oh okay, this isn't the kind of shop where that's glorified, so um, let me just shut up, or you know they don't come back or whatever it is, but yeah, it's just this is amazing, man. Well, yo. Man, we've, got, we, we, we've had a we've had a great time, and and I, you know I was looking forward to talking to you on this level because, like I said, well, we both agree we met on Twitter, and then you know we started to own this manual and certain things that people would not understand, and you know some barbers may take offense to it, and it's not a, to offend anybody. It's just that it's levels to this thing, and that's it. You understand exactly where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Exactly where I'm coming from, Jay. Yeah, man. Absolutely, I love love connecting with people, man. So, um, tell people where they can find you on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and um, you know, I know you said the 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 radio show is on Glockaware, and um, so what so what's your what's your handle so people can find you? Yeah, on Twitter. Well, you know, I live on Twitter. Sun up, sun down. You can find me on there, uh, AJ Rice or Rice AJ Rice. You know at at me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Stadium underscore Barbershop. You know, and on Glockaware.com, you will find a Blitz podcast every Wednesday from 7 to 9. Yeah, that's a piece. All right. Very good. Let's keep chatting, man. Let's keep it going. And uh, it's nice to have a thoroughbred cat on there. And, uh, you know, until next time, man, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, indeed, man. You got to come down to Philly. Let me know when you're down there, man. I know. That nah, that'd be dope, man. Someday, someday when I decide I have free time, <laughs> free time to do stuff. Well, I used to, I I used to have family out there, but I don't anymore. So it'd be a lot easier if I had family out there because I'd go visit my aunt and, and this and that. Be good, but yeah. Someday, man, I I, I will. I want to start making treks and stuff. When I when I have like three barbershops and I don't have to work in them every single day. I'm gonna take some trips. <laughs> listen, I, listen. I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps on that door. Franchising has is just been underneath. It's just it, it's come to my attention as of recently. So I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not that hard if you got good. You got a good quality thing going, you know. And it's, you know, we once we get there, we'll do another podcast. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. All right. All right, man. Well, yo, thanks for being on the show, and um, I appreciate it. And uh, everybody, go check them out, and go check out that that uh, the Blitz Mag podcast. Be dope. All right. So to all our listeners, thank you so much, and uh, we appreciate the attention. So have a good night. Indeed, appreciate you, Jay. All right, man. Peace. <laughs>